0: Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt guybe
1: Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Guybe from the soggy Pacific Northwest with you once again with another wonderful episode of the Kingdom Corner podcast. Today, we go into part two of what we started last week, which was called, or I titled, Shall Not the Judge of All the Earth Do Right? Shall Not the Judge of All the Earth Do Right? A subtitle for today's episode would be The Purpose, Perseverance, and Prosperity of Daniel and His Three Friends in a Perverse Land. The Purpose, Perseverance and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land. And we're going to be spending quite a bit of time in the book of Daniel and looking at some of the exploits he was involved in with his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we're going to be tying that into what the theme of what we've been talking about, and that is what our response should be as Christians in North America, and actually in the world, to all that has happened in the last three, four months with our elections, with the riots, with COVID-19. What kind of response? How should we respond as Christians in this, I call it, tumultuous time? And I think we see some very good lessons that we can draw from the life of Daniel and his three friends, and how they interacted with the kingdom that was there, Babylon, and then later Persia. And so to start out, I want to read a few passages to kind of set the tone here, and then we'll get into Daniel. Proverbs 29.2, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when a wicked person rules, people groan. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when a wicked person rules, People groan. Proverbs 29, 22. Proverbs 13, 10. Through overconfidence comes nothing but strife, or through arrogance, we could say. But wisdom if, are with those who will receive counsel. Going to be some real lessons in the book of Daniel about that. <laughs> James 1:20. For a man's anger does not bring the righteousness of God. Isn't that a good one? A man's anger does not bring the righteousness of God. Even if you're frustrated and angry at some of the things that we're seeing right now in our society, that's no way to accomplish righteousness. That's no way to accomplish what we would call the kingdom way or bringing heaven to earth, you know, the kingdom culture, so to speak. And I think Daniel is such an excellent example of that. We learned last week that a word that described him was he had an excellent or smooth or an astonishing character or spirit. We're going to get into that. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever he will. We're speaking about God. He says, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. That's what Solomon said. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. Isn't that good? That's good to keep in mind. God will turn the king's hearts the way he wants to. Let's go to this one. This is the one I was referring to about Daniel. Proverbs 17.27. One who withholds his words. In other words, he's not lashing out in anger or emotionally, has knowledge. And one who has a cool spirit, I like that, is a person of understanding. We could say that cool spirit is one that is temperate, okay, in control. The Hebrew word yakar means excellent, valuable, like a precious stone, smooth, splendid, glorious, transparent, authentic, rare, and weighty. It's the kind of person when they walk into the room, people take notice. Heart of honest integrity. They were an influential person. When we're talking about wisdom, Proverbs 3.15, we mentioned, is a personification of a woman compared to wisdom. And that, she, it says, she is more precious or than a precious stone. And that word there is yakar again, because it does mean precious stone, or it's translated that way sometimes. Okay, let's go on to the next one. So, we talked about the title, Shall Not shall not the Judge of All the Earth Do Right. Shall not the judge, no matter what's going on, of all the earth do right. And when we looked at the name, the reason I, I chose Daniel, when we look at his name, that says it all. God is my judge. And we talked about that last week. I gave you a real breakdown on the Hebrew and the Greek words for judge. And just real quickly, in Hebrew, the main word used over 200 times was shafat, which means to act as a judge or a magistrate, to execute, deliver, render judgment, make a decision, bring litigation. And the basic word there for this word shafat is to set up or to erect. And it means to set up or erect a standard to go by. It's not somebody that's prejudiced because of their feelings or their emotions, but there's a standard that they go by. And we want to go by God's standard. That was what I said last week, not our own. And that's so important. The Greek word was krino, some of the key words, to be examined. Okay? You're examining it in light of what The judge of all the earth, which is God, would say. You're examining a certain situation that way. Not your ideas, not your thoughts, not what you think should be done, but examining it in the light of God and his scriptures to pronounce a judgment used in a forensic sense, you know, like forensic, like they are looking at real closely the cells and the blood and everything like in a crime scene, you know, real scientifically to esteem to separate, to select, to pick out, and to choose. Sometimes it does mean to damn, but I want to get across before we move into the account of Daniel and draw some lessons from there, I want to get into this that is so important that we're not judging in our own ways, in our own mind, in our own feelings and thoughts about things that are going on at this time. Judge not that you be not judged. Or krino is the word we've been talking about in the Greek. Krino not that you be not krinoed, for with the judgment or krino that you crino others or judge others will be the same measure that's measured back to you in Krino. Okay, if you're doing it in your own mind with your own heart, you're going to be krinoed the same way. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. So let's now get into the specifics from the life of Daniel. And his three friends. The purpose, perseverance, and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land. Okay? Daniel means God is my judge. And we're going to see that again and again throughout different chapters, different thoughts here in the book that I want to address. And let's look at chapter one. I want to say this right off the bat, just kind of as an introduction into Daniel. Daniel went with his nation judah into captivity in the babylon captivity about i think about 539 bc i think and it was a 70 year captivity and he was a very very young man some say even as young as 12 or 13 others put his age more and his three hebrew friends shadrach meshach and abednego that they were all around 20 years of age so any i'd say anywhere from 15 to 20 would be pretty accurate. And I want to stress to you that this was a foreign country. This was a nation that was not serving God, that took them captive. We're talking about Babylon under the King Nebuchadnezzar. And I want to emphasize to you all throughout Daniel, you'll find that he was answering to three or four main kings. First, there was Nebuchadnezzar Belshazzar, and then Cyrus and Darius, as far as the Medes and Persians went. So he was answered to all those kings, and he was always, like we say, of a cool spirit. Okay? And we're going to see some really wonderful things here. Let's get right into chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. And they took all the vessels of the house, all the gold and everything out of the temple. That's what it says there. I'm paraphrasing. And the king spoke unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seeds and of the princes. In other words, this eunuch, he was like a a supervisor in the kingdom, and he was going to be over all these young children of Israel. That's why some commentators say Daniel and his buddies could have been, you know, maybe even 11 or 12. I like to believe they were more older teens or maybe even 20s. Children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and as such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. This is verse 4. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. See the the Babylonian empire there, the king there, and what he wanted to do was to kind of assimilate them into his kingdom, use their wisdom, use their knowledge, teach them a language, because they were still very young, and then use them for the benefit of the Babylonian kingdom. And you know a lot of kingdoms, a lot of nations that took over other nations, that's what they would do. They would take the best, the cream of the crop, as it were, from that nation and assimilate them into their own society to use their brains, to use their talents, to use their abilities. This is what Nebuchadnezzar intended. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat. See, he's And then it goes on, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. In other words, he's going to put them through a three-year program, A lot of it, not only for their brain, but also for their body. And he was thinking of what his diet was, Nebuchadnezzar, would be the best thing for them. And that's why some commentators again say they they might not have been full age men yet, but they were developing, you know, like teenagers. So they wanted to get them on a strict diet they thought from their culture was best. Now, among these were the children of Judah Daniel, Hanaya, Michelle and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the Enoch's gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. We all know those names pretty well. But listen to this, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. The word "purposed" in Hebrew there means—it's the word "sum" or "seem." Some pronounce it means again to set up, establish, fix. Remember, one of the definitions for "judge" was to set up or to erect. So Daniel was purposing, fixing in his heart what he would do. He wasn't going to compromise. He was going to be true to his God and what he believed. And he wanted to have, for he and his three buddies wanted them to have all their own diet. Now, listen to this. I want to just stress this here. He didn't fight with this eunuch. He didn't argue with him, but he had developed a relationship with him, which is clearly seen when we go to verse 9, because God brought Daniel into favor, or the Hebrew word is kindness, and tender compassion or love with the prince of eunuchs. In other words, he brought him into favor with this Ashpenaz, who was his supervisor. You know, it wasn't a contentious relationship. He didn't try to get in there and argue for his own way, but he still did not compromise his faith, and God gave him favor. And so we could go on and kind of paraphrase this chapter that he wanted to have his own diet and this Ashpenaz loved him so much that he wanted to allow Daniel and his three buddies to do that. But he was real worried that if it didn't turn out right, all right, that he would basically be put to death or be beheaded, you know? So Daniel proposed a 10-day test, you know, and uh, said, we'll eat our way for 10 days and see what happens. And Ashpenaz, because he had favor with him, because he was in relationship with him, not that he tried to hammer him over the head with, you know, we're not going to bow to you, we're not going to do this, you know, we want to have a test here. So they had a test. And of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in the flesh than all the other children who did eat of the king's portion. In other words, there's another group of people from Judah or children from Judah who didn't eat what Daniel and... and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ate, and there was a remarkable noted difference in Daniel and his three friends for the better, you know. Thus, Melzar took away the portion of the meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. In other words, he let them eat their diet from then on. As for the four children, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Verse 17, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. See, God gave that to them. God gave them revelation or enlightened them and understanding in visions and dreams. See, God had set them in that kingdom for a purpose. They weren't just complaining about being under this evil empire or trying to fight against it in their flesh. God was giving them favor. God was raising them up, as it were. Now, at the end of the days that the king had said, I suppose this would be three years, he should bring them in. Then the prince of the eunuchs, that's Ashpenaz, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them. You know, he got to know them. He talked with them. I can imagine Daniel being of a cool spirit, you know, was a very winsome person. You know, he wasn't argumentative. He wasn't resisting. But he could still hold his belief in God in his heart. You know, he wasn't compromising. That's what I want to get across. You, you can be—I think we need to know in this period of time that we're in as Christians, yes, we need to stand up for what is right. We need to choose our battles carefully. But we need to do it with the right heart and the right mind and the right compassion toward others, you know. And God will give us favor with them. I believe that. That's what happened with Daniel. And you're going to see that throughout the whole book of Daniel. And the other, it wasn't just one king, Nebuchadnezzar, but the other kings were going to get into some of those accounts as well. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none. No one was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood they before the king. In other words, they stood out before the king. He recognized, just like I said, that word, The word that we first talked about when we talk about Shaphat, we talk about Yetzer, the Hebrew word for a cool spirit. It's just like there's something upon the person that has that that others take notice of. When they walk into the room, people notice that. And I think that's what all these four men had: Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, because they received favor with the king. Verse 21, and Daniel continued, even unto the first year of King Cyrus. Now, I did a bit of study on Daniel, and I couldn't really find what happened to Daniel. Well, basically, from all that I found out, he came into captivity in Babylon, and then it changed over, of course, to the Persians, the Medes and the Persians, under King Darius, King Cyrus. But he lived out his days there. He never went back to his homeland, as far as I can see, Because it says the first year of King Cyrus, that's when, one. There were several. When you look at the seventy years of captivity, when the King Cyrus allowed them to go back to their homeland, go back to Judah, there were several returnings to Judah. You know, several waves of of groups of people that went there. It wasn't just all at once. But Daniel stayed, uh, as far as I can see, all those years. You know, he found his purpose there, even in those kingdoms that were ungodly. You know, that was what God had called him to. Wow, can you imagine if God called you, you know, even in this day and this hour, if we look at our nation and uh, the leadership that's in the nation and we we feel that it's not really Christian, what would happen if God called you to serve them? How would you be? Would you be a man or woman of an excellent spirit, of a cool spirit, of a spirit that they would look at you and they could just see exuding out of you such a presence that they would be taken in by you and they would take you into their confidence? Could you be that way? I think God is calling people to be like that. And that, again, we're going to get into it. That doesn't mean that you're compromising your faith. So we see that the first point of this lesson that we're starting here is that these people, Daniel and his three friends, they purposed. They purposed in their heart that even in this difficult land, this difficult transition, that they were going to serve God. That's chapter one. We've kind of went through it. Uh, We could go to chapter two, and I'll just give you a brief rundown. I don't want to go into it all. But this is where Daniel really gets real favor with King Nebuchadnezzar. And it said there, we already read that Daniel had understanding and his three buddies in all visions and dreams. God gave them favor in that because he was going to use them in that. And in Daniel chapter 2, you know, it's about 40 verses. I don't want to go into it all, but King Nebuchadnezzar was shaken because he had a dream of a huge, huge statue, and it was gold, silver, bronze, iron, and iron and clay, gold head, silver chest and arms, bronze... Belly and thighs, iron legs, and iron and clay feet. And he did have, he was scared. He didn't know what that meant. Nobody else, none of his other wise men or astrologers could answer what that vision was, what that meant. So he finally found Daniel. And Daniel gave him the interpretation to what that was. And that's how he began. Daniel began to have favor with the king there. And then it carried over. No matter, it seemed like no matter who, or whether it was Babylon or Persia that was in power, it carried on with those kings. His reputation, we're going to find his reputation of being a man of a cool spirit, carried that reputation, just carried over. It was known in the kingdom. People knew about Daniel being that way. So, the purpose, perseverance, and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land, that's what we're talking about. Okay, so Daniel purposed in his heart we could say that he was like jesus he set his face like flint it says in luke 9:51 of jesus psalm 119 says 106 i have sworn and i will perform your word psalm 119:115 says i will keep your righteous judgments yes i can be under these evil kings this evil leadership this evil monarchy but i can still keep your word jesus said in matthew 16:24 If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me and basically go to the cross and die (laughs) like he did in yourself. For whosoever will save his life will lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake will gain it. So I would say that Daniel and his three friends were losing their life for service to God. You know, they weren't complaining about, at least it doesn't show that in the book. They were not complaining about being taken from their homeland, but they were finding what God wanted them to do in the new kingdom of Babylon. Let's see. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And I believe we're going to come back. We're going to talk more about this lesson that I think we can draw a lot of things from. Like I said, the thing we can draw from from Daniel chapter 1 is this Daniel was of a cool spirit. God was in possession of him. And he exuded just a presence that made people want to favor him, first the eunuch and then Nebuchadnezzar. And that's, that's what the kind of saints of God that he's looking for in this hour, to be those kind of saints with a cool spirit that have his presence, God's presence on them so much that others are drawn to them. And then they can then, like Daniel did, speak in to those various rulers and leaders' lives. That's what I believe. Before we finish up here, let's look at one more chapter here. Let's go to Daniel chapter 3. We talked about the purpose. Now we'll talk a little bit about the perseverance of, this is specifically Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. See, when you stand for God, and you stand righteously in his power and might, and you are shown favor, and you're given favor, and everybody around you knows that, and you're doing right things, you're going to get some fallout from that. You're going to get a kickback. You're going to get people who are angry about that and jealous. You're going to stir up the enemy spirits, as it were, the demons. And that's what happened. They spoke and said to Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. And basically what they did is they said, you know, when the music plays, we're going to play certain music Everybody needs to, they got the king to agree to this, fall down and worship this golden image that stands for you. And everybody needs to stop wherever they're at in the kingdom and fall down and worship this image. And if they don't do it, they'll be cast into a fiery furnace. And of course, our three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not do that. They would not bow down. They did not compromise, you know, they'd purposed in their hearts So now they had to persevere. Nebuchadnezzar was in a rage and fury and gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is this true? You do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at this time and you hear the the music, the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? So this was the test, okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, Let it be known to you, O king, that we will not or do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. So, you know, the story goes on. We all know it probably from Sunday school. The fiery furnace was made seven times hotter because King Nebuchadnezzar was so mad. He threw them in there. Even the men that threw them in there were burned alive, but they weren't touched. And it looked like there was a fourth man in there, like a son of God. And... That just opened Nebuchadnezzar's eyes, and he, God began to work on him, even in that situation, because they persevered, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They did not bow down. And there's times, I think, even in this society, you don't have to be mean, you don't have to be angry, you don't have to act out in the flesh, that we must abide by the standard that God has set, and he will keep us, just like he kept them in the fire. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut to pieces. Then the king, this is where we get the next word, promoted or prospered, made prosperous. That's another word for that in the Hebrew Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So that should be the end of the lesson today. The purpose and perseverance and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends. They purposed that they would serve God. They didn't complain when they went into that you know, ungodly kingdom. But they sought God on how God would use them. And they gained favor, first with that eunuch and then with Nebuchadnezzar. And then when they had to, when it was really important, they wouldn't bow down. To an idol, and it may get that way with us. We cannot bow down to an ungodly nation or kingdom if they want us to do certain things that are wrong. And then they persevere. God kept those three Hebrew children in the fire, and that was a miracle, and that was a testimony to Nebuchadnezzar. And God began to deal with him and work on his heart first through the love and the communication they had with him. They had got to know him, and then through even though they were loving, they still took a stand when they needed to, when it was important. And God brought them through in a miracle and began to really deal with King Nebuchadnezzar's heart, I believe. Let's see if we have any other notes here before we stop. I want to read 1 Peter 1.7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, our our faith may be tested like theirs was tested. Theirs was tested by literal fire. But God is testing us so we we can come forth as gold. Matthew 10.22, we talked about them making others in the kingdom jealous. You shall be hated of all men, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. When you stand up for God, when you do what is right, when you begin to have favor, there will be those that hate you. Galatians 6 9, never grow weary in well doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest, or if you faint not. And so they were prospered. He prospered them. He lifted them up. He made them abundant. And God began to speak to Nebuchadnezzar's heart. So for today, that is finishes up what I want to finish up, and we're going to get back into Daniel. We're going to get back into more of this lesson. The purpose, perseverance, and prosperity of Daniel and his three friends in a perverse land. And Daniel's name meant, of course, God is my judge. And we talked about in the beginning, shall not the God of all the earth, shall not the judge of all the earth do what's right? And in this time we live in, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Can we not be like Daniel and allow God to be our judge and to stand up for us and to give us wisdom and revelation as to how we should respond in this time, not out of our own emotions or anger or frustrations, and not complain but trust the Lord in all these things? Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to the Kingdom Corner podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the Book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.